0: Hey there, welcome to Rave Culture Cast, a podcast dedicated to fans of EDM and music festival culture. My name is Emma Kapotis, a festival fanatic and dance music enthusiast who turned my passion for raving into an online career working with some of the biggest names in the industry. Festival tips, advice, hot topics, industry news, music, and more are all discussed here. Think of me as your unofficial rave mom here to help you navigate the EDM community and festival world. Tune in every Wednesday for your weekly dose of peace, love, unity, and respect. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. How are we feeling, fam? What's up? Happy Wednesday. I'm pumped you guys are here. Uh, Today's episode was a long time coming, so I kind of want to just dive right into things. Uh, I'm fresh back from vacation, so we're feeling nice and tan, rejuvenated, re-energized, all the things um i finally got to read some books because this is the only time of year i go and read like books and yeah we're just feeling fresh and i'm excited to be recording again and i have lots of ideas now for content and yeah i always get a lot of clarity when i come back from vacation so we're in a great energy i am sending those vibes to you guys today as well Uh, but as i was saying today i have a friend on amy farina who goes by um, MC Unicorn. You guys may know her company, Drop Bass Not Bombs, which is an incredible um, organization that is based in the Netherlands, and it helps bring together um, dance music fans, a lot of hard dance fans, um, together with human rights. They do a lot for charity as well. So she's been doing this for a couple years now, um, and I was actually just on her podcast as well. So I will leave links to all of that down below, uh, but she's got a lot of really amazing things going on. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, how she got Drop Base Not Bomb started, what it's like Uh, Being in the Netherlands, uh, she was born in the US, but she's lived there now for a little while Um, So we're gonna talk about the dance music scene and culture over there and again like I mentioned She is a big hard dance fan and I know I don't cover that enough Um, So I'm super excited that she's gonna be able to shed a little light and give you guys some Recommendations if you want to dabble a little bit more into the hard style and hard dance scene So that is what is in store for you guys today Uh, But before we go any further a couple quick announcements. Um, If you guys need tickets to any of these Insomniac festivals, I always have them linked down below. Um, So if you guys need tickets to Nocturnal Wonderland, which is coming up, Three Points Festival in Miami, Escape Halloween, EDC Orlando, Dream State, and Countdown New Year's Eve, uh, I have my Insomniac affiliate links linked below. And the only other meetup I have this week is I'm going to be hosting a Rave Culture Cast meetup at ARC Music Festival. In, like, literally a week and a half. So, I am going to be doing it on Saturday at 5 p.m. I don't have the map at the time I'm recording this, but just stay posted on our socials. I will post a graphic with, like, the location and everything. But come say hi. I just got new stickers printed. So, I'm going to bring some stickers, candy. We'll hang out. Hopefully, we'll go see some music together. Um, But yeah, I'm just really excited to do this family meetup. I know there's a couple of you who I haven't had a chance to meet yet. So, very much looking forward to Arc, guys. I can't believe it's almost here. It's fucking wild. Um, I'm going to have one more episode next week before I leave for the festival. And then I'm going to take a week off um, after. And then you guys will get a full review of the festival as well, of course. But with that being said, guys, here is my festival fact of the week. This is kind of a little bit more of like an artist fact. But this was actually inspired by my dad. Because on vacation, he mentioned this to me. And I was like, What? literally what i had maybe i've been living under a rock i have no fucking idea but i know now so now i'm telling you guys but he told me that uh, goldman sachs ceo david solomon um, is actually a dj which i had no idea and i believe he just played Lollapalooza. Um, but he goes by david solomon music and he has been djing since 2015. this is real he has a full-blown spotify page you guys which is pretty cool he has a lot of remixes Um, he's played with some like major worldwide world known artists Um, but it's also really cool because he does a lot for charity as well so um, all the proceeds benefit charitable institutions in the fight against addiction and that is from his label payback records which I believe he started with Atlantic Records which is really cool so I was like listening to some of his tracks on Spotify it all sounds good it's like a blend of kind of like house and disco very like uplifting like kind of poppy house but yeah, I just had to mention that because I was like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, David Solomon. And he also goes by, I think, d Soul, like D-S-O-L, I'm pretty sure as well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was wild. So who knew the Goldman Sachs CEO was a DJ, but maybe you'll be able to see him at a festival soon. So that is our fact of the week. You learn something new every day, you guys. Uh, With all that being said, I want to welcome Amy Farina to the podcast. Uh, She's a really special woman who's doing some really cool things. So get involved, you guys. Go say hello. Follow her on all the socials. Check out Drop Base Not Bombs. Um, They have a podcast as well, like I mentioned. So you guys can go check out some of the episodes um, and give them a follow on socials. So with all that being said, please join me in welcoming Amy to the podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the episode. So, I'm going to do a quick intro here, but we have Amy, AKA MC Unicorn, um, who is the founder of Drop Base Not Bombs, um, an organization based in the Netherlands that brings together human rights and the dance music industry um, by organizing um, events and raves for charity. Uh, I was actually on her podcast recently, so I'll link that below if you guys want to check it out, but, um, this was a very long time coming. I'm super excited to have her here to, uh, chat a little bit about the EDM scene in the Netherlands, um, everything she's doing with drop base, not bombs. Uh, they just had an anniversary for her podcast. So we're going to talk about that as well. Um, and of course her passion for the hard dance community, cause I don't talk about that enough on this podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Amy. How's it going?
1: Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you so much for that introduction. And yeah, I agree. You got to talk more about hard dance on your podcast. <laughs> We're doing
0: it. We're doing it today, fam. It's, you know, even if it doesn't happen too often, I'm like, we need to like incorporate all the aspects of this community. Cause we got a beautiful hard dance community as well. And we need to shed some more light on it, but how are you doing? How's your summer going?
1: I'm doing great. My summer's going really well. Um, I was in Croatia this summer, which was awesome. I went to Drop Zone Festival. And yeah, just enjoying the nice weather here, doing a lot of things outside. How about you?
0: Good. Yeah, we were just catching up, I think. Um, I did four festivals leading up to June. So like the first half of the year, craziness. And then in July and August, um, no festivals, taking a break. I'm doing a family vacation next week which I'm just like counting down the days to just sit on a beach. So I'm like very much at home enjoying the time before uh, the fall festival season. So it's been good. been focusing a lot on the podcast, which is nice, but how was Drop Zone? I don't think I've ever talked about that festival before. What's that yeah. like?
1: Oh my God. It was amazing. So it was my first time in Croatia. So I went with my boyfriend and a bunch of friends and we were in Croatia for 10 days. Actually, we did three days in split. And then the rest of the time at the festival Drop Zone is, well, it was four or five days long. I'm not sure which days counted. It's because they yeah. had like a pre-party. It's like questionable amount of days. So yeah. we also stayed extra time as well. Um, it is a hard dance festival and it takes place during the day and at night. So it's really a marathon. It was like exhausting. Um It's a lot, but it was a lot of fun. So during the day you have pool parties and then at night you have club events. So unlike your traditional festival where you have multiple stages in an enclosed area, like a park or a forest, this Mm -hmm. takes place in Zerka Beach and Zerka Beach is kind of like, a long boardwalk of clubs. So at night, and actually during the day, the pool party there as well, but all the events hmm. take place there. But yeah, it's it's really, so cool. it's awesome. And the, the location is beautiful. It's right on the beach. The weather's great. And yeah, Croatia is a beautiful country. If you ever mm-hmm. have the opportunity, you should go. There's a lot of events there as well. Um, not just job yeah. zone. There's a lot of festivals there. And when I, we were there, actually, I saw there was a sign for Vinnie Vici and Quintino and a bunch of DJs were just playing at random clubs. Uh, oh, there that's as so well. awesome.
0: Yeah. It's got a cool scene. I want to dive into the scene there more. Cause I, I agree. There are so many, I can't think of the one that I've looked at a lot, but there are, is it sonar? I don't know if Sonars in Croatia, but there's, there's a bunch out there. Um, a lot of house and techno events too. Um, and then there's yacht week, which I had some friends go out for like 10 days this summer too for yacht week, which looked insane. So, oh, that's definitely on the bucket list. I feel is the, um, is it like a mixed crowd there? Like, how would you describe the people that are at those festivals?
1: Uh yeah, I'm trying to think it was a lot of people from the Netherlands of course because it's not too far. There was mm-hmm. also um I made some friends from Slovenia, from the Czech Republic. Um there were some people from the US. It was kind of a mix. Uh and then you also just had people that didn't that were just kind of there <laughs> as well yeah. because people can also buy individual tickets to the clubs I think as well, but really really a party vibe. I've never been to Ibiza, but I have a feeling it's kind of a similar vibe where like everyone on this beach was there to party and you just yeah. feel it in the air and just the vibes are really good and there's also great places to eat there's lots of bars and restaurants mm-hmm. um yeah it's just like there's there's so many things to do there really a diverse crowd yeah i would say a mix older and younger nice. as well
0: cool i love that I, I mean it's like awesome to talk about these events cuz i'm like okay we we did certain things in our 20s now in our 30s i'm like okay maybe we're going to move over to the european crowd and we're going to do like tomorrowland and ibiza and croatia and like you have more adult money. So you're able to like do some of those things too. So I'm like, okay, cool. We have plenty of things still to do and experience. Cause I haven't done any international events. So that's why I want to dive into all that with you today. But, um, can you like, give us a little bit of background on yourself? Cause I know you split your time. Like you're going to be coming to the U S soon. Um, I and you're also in the Netherlands, but where are you from originally? How do you split your time? Tell us all the things.
1: Yeah, sure. I could talk a little bit about now people know about my party life. I'll just tell you guys a little (laughs) bit about my personal life. So um, I'm originally from Connecticut. Uh, I was born in New York and then my family moved to Connecticut when I was little. Uh, Now my family's back in New York and uh, I went to school in Washington, D.C. I went to American University and I was in D.C. for seven years because, you know, four years of undergrad. And then I did three years of law school also at American and uh, during my time in law school, I studied abroad in the Netherlands. That was June 2014, and immediately, as soon as I got accepted into the program, I'm like looking up. Fe- oh, sorry, yeah, I just hit my microphone. okay, I so, uh, got excited. I yeah. uh, started looking up looking up festivals, typing in festivals, and uh, yeah, I saw that you know DefCon was happening. A bunch of other festivals were happening. And mm-hmm. I ended up going to a festival, Harmony of Hardcore. And it was in that moment, I was like, I'm going to move here. I Actually, I think the moment I knew I was going to move here was when I got off the plane and like was walking around Amsterdam. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what? This is it. I think it was <laughs> yeah, actually it was like before Harmony of Hardcore. It was like literally the first night in Amsterdam. I'm like, why don't I live here? It's so beautiful. All the canals. There's like electronic music p- playing from every bar. They're playing like techno in the cheese store. Like, why don't I why do I live here? See, <laughs> Fuck, I, live here. I love it. I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you please do it. I know, I know. I'm definitely, definitely selling people on <laughs> it because it is amazing. Um, it's the best decision I ever made. And yeah, backtracking just a bit. So after that summer, you know, I came back to the US. Uh, I ended up coming back again in 2015 to do an internship. And then I ended up moving here in 2016 to do a fellowship through my law school. It's kind of like a fancy, glorified internship. It's basically mm-hmm. an internship. They call it a fellowship. Sure. <laughs> um, so I did that and, uh, I'm still here <laughs> that was since 2016. So wow. answering your question about splitting my time. So, uh, currently I work as a, cons- as a consultant for an American company. So I am mm-hmm. back and forth, um, about three times, three times a year or so. Uh, but I'm going back this week to the U S to surprise my mom for her 60th birthday. Aww. So- <laughs> That's he has awesome. no idea that I'm coming. So she's going <laughs> to freak out. Like, can you oh. imagine you haven't see, you have no idea your child is coming from another country. And my dad wants me to show up at the restaurant with balloons and like balloons covering my face and then pop the balloon. like Surprise.
0: That's so cute. That's awesome. Yeah. So you'll be over here on the East. By the time this episode comes out, guys, she's had her 60th birthday. Happy birthday, mom.
1: Thanks, <laughs> so you happy already, birthday, you have, mom,
0: how long are like, you uh, staying in the States yeah, this um, time?
1: Uh, not long, just, uh, from the 11th through the 20th. So just nine days, um, okay. but I'll be coming back the end of the year, probably for over a month. It just depends. Like sometimes I'm, I think mm-hmm. the last time I was there, I was there for like two weeks. It just depends, um, on what I need yeah. to do, but I try if it's close to the end of the year to combine it with family. So for example, I need to be there for work in October and then I'm just going to stay through Thanksgiving, celebrate, right, Thanksgiving, right, right. Yeah. With my family on sense. long Island. And then, come back here and do Christmas here. So yeah, I try to, to split up the holidays.
0: That's awesome. Well, and you, so you mentioned when you went over there and you looked up a festival and you had that first festival experience. So were you already like very into hard dance music that you picked that event?
1: Yes. Yes, I was. But actually this is interesting. So when I was looking at all the festivals, I just like was Googling all the festivals and actually one on my list was called mystic garden and it's a house and techno festival in Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. but I did choose harmony of hardcore in the end, Um, Yeah, (laughs) but it was, I I was looking at mystic garden as well, but yes, I've been in a hard dance for a long time. Um, I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew if I was coming here, it had to be a hard dance festival that I needed to go to because it's, you, the scene, and we'll get into this later as well, but this, the hard dance scene is amazing in the US, but it's just, it's not as popular and not as big as it is here. It really is a part of the culture here mm-hmm. and hard dance started here. So I think right. that, that says a lot as well.
0: Yeah, I, I want to like chat with you about this because I've been, um, you introduced me to Elena. So I've been watching like a lot of her vlogs. We'll have to link her stuff too. Um, and she covers like all of the hard dance events in the vlogs. And just from watching a few of them, I, I just was like mind blown. Cause I'm like the culture, the dance moves, like everything was just so completely different about how people attend those events from here, which is like awesome to see. But I was like, I just want to experience it at some point to see, but what have you noticed from like being there now living there for six years? Like how is the culture different? Um, anything you want to chat about as far as the scene goes?
1: Yeah. So it's really funny. You asked me if I knew about hard dance before and I did, but I didn't know about the hard dance culture. I didn't know about what they wore. I didn't know how they danced, all that kind of stuff. So I, (laughs) I was a candy kid. So, okay. So guys, I'm 31. I started (laughs) raving in 2009, (laughs) just for context. I've gone through all the raver phases, candy kid, tutu, fairy wings, fishnets. You get the picture, right? All the things. (laughs) All the things, all the phases, the college dubstep phase. I went through all of them. So when I came here, I was wearing to Harmony of Hardcore a flower headband, which was like missing some flowers. I don't know what happened to them, but (laughs) a flower headband and like a white, like flowy shirt. I think some candy and shorts and literally everybody there is dressed in black and like track pants and like shirts with like skulls on Like (laughs) like, shit. (laughs) aggressive clothing. Yeah. And I'm just like straight hippie raver vibes. And when I first moved here, I did try to make candy a thing here. Um, I brought all my cuffs, I brought them, you know, and I tried Mm -hmm. and I would make it, but The problem is like, because nobody else was doing it here, there is no one to trade with. So you end up giving away all of your candy and then eventually you're running out of ease. You're running out of letters and nowhere (laughs) to buy pony beads here. We don't have a Michael's like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Amazon just started delivering here from Germany, but like, I also don't think they have put like, Mm -hmm. it's just not as convenient as it was. Sure. So. Basically to sun, sum up, the scene is different here. And I've seen online, I know I know your friend, Emma, the corporate raver was talking about this mm-hmm. recently about Tomorrowland. It's just people don't, I can't speak for everybody, but generally people don't dress up in the same way as they do in the US. You will not see people wearing pasties. You will mm-hmm. not see people wearing thongs <laughs> or like nothing, the whole um, thing. Like, yeah, assless chaps, like what, you know, the typical... <laughs> American uh, rave girl look you you won't see that you won't see people wearing candy you too you do see the occasional bodysuit um there were some girls at drop zone some girls that I became friends with who were wearing um you know the the braids the hair extensions that you braid in your hair Mm -hmm. um you know wearing more traditionally American festival outfits but they were rave influencers slash fashion designers so that kind of makes sense but your typical Uh, Dutch party goer is not dressing up. The uniform is kind of like t-shirts from the event. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to DEF CON, you'd be in a DEF CON shirt or a similar event, like let's say massive hardcore climax, and then track pants, like track pants are a really big part of the culture here. Nike Air Maxes. um, you will see people with fanny packs. Uh, of course the traditional drawstring bag no camelbacks though i you you won't see a lot of people with the camelback backpacks i've heard that yeah uh, yeah it's which is is it's different so yeah it's just what people wear is different and the culture as well is different um you don't see flow arts here as well every once while maybe once every few years i've seen a person with gloves or a person doing poi but Mm -hmm. that's one person in a few years right compared to let's say like moonrise festival like Everybody, everybody. Yeah. A hoop um, true, true. So in, in that way, it's, it's different as well. Um, also the style of dancing, as you mentioned, uh, for hard dance music, there's a style of dancing called Haken or Haka. And it's kind of like a stomping dance. You probably saw it. In, yeah. In that's what I saw. Days. And I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? yeah. So you see some people shuffling, um, but definitely not in the same way as in the U S so yeah, right. that was kind of a, long, I said in some no, no, no. long answer, but <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a lot of differences. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, no, no, that was perfect. And I mean, as cause I know my knowledge of like the genre itself, like I've definitely learned, but I, there's so many subgenres, and especially like some of the festivals you mentioned, like Defcon, where you're having like three days straight of hard dance music. Like, do you have any, like, as you've grown as a hard dance fan, do you have any favorite subgenres or like specific artists that you really like so if somebody's listening right now and they want to like dip their toes in like who would you recommend they they start with
1: yeah, sure. Oh, oh, for starting with oh, because like I feel like you have to be careful because like I, I'm, I'm more into like the harder, harder style. So okay, more into like French corn up tempo, which can be like 200 beats per minute. So I don't want someone to start Ooh, off. Oh
0: my god, with that
1: <laughs> and be like, what is That's happening? Awesome. And, uh, and you know, in one of your previous episodes, you described sudden death as being like a portal to hell. So I don't want to take anyone. <laughs> this is like even worse. I feel like so I don't want to take anyone down that hole just yet. <laughs>
0: Some people might be into it, you know. So, well, I guess it
1: depends what you're into. I feel like if you're into techno, hard techno already, and into dubstep, you might want to just jump right in. So, in which case, mm-hmm. yeah, you can check out Party Razor, Anger Fist. Um, they're like, they do kind of more mainstream hardcore, but it's it's still very fast. For me, um, like I said, one of my favorite genres is Frenchcore. There's a DJ I really mm-hmm. like from France. His name is Bill X, and he mixes Psytrance, French core, textile, and also a lot oh, of wow. like, Indian um, chanting, things like that. So if someone's interested in Psytrance, I think Bill X would be good for you. If you're really, really new to it, if you're mostly listening to Seven Lions and Aledium, you might want to start off with euphoric hard style so you might want to start off with headhunters uh brennan Hart, noise controllers mm-hmm. and some of these d-, d block and Estefan. some of these names you may know because you've seen them on like the edc lineup. i would say like
0: the Tweakas i know or like the happy hardcore stuff is probably yeah what i've the experienced t-
1: Tweekas <laughs> would be good uh wasted penguins like if, if you're mm-hmm. really if if your heart doesn't beat faster than 138 beats per minute, you might want to start there first. And then-
0: <laughs> also, if you're your not into
1: like demon, like <laughs> scary things, not all of it, not all of it is. Of it is. Um, yeah. I just, I just want to make clear that like, there are a lot of subgenres in hard dance. So you mm-hmm. have the more euphoric and melodic styles, then you have, you know, the faster, harder styles, and then you have mm-hmm. The early styles as well. I mean, there's just so many different there's something in it for everybody. If you like it dark and scary, like terror is for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you like it happy and fun, like happy hardcore is for you. Yeah, there's just there's so many different things to choose from.
0: That's awesome. No, thank you. That was perfect. This is a great guide because I I remember it honestly was probably like an EDC Las Vegas trailer for me. Like I I watched the documentary, it's one of my favorite movies, but I remember. Um, actually no. So maybe it was the movie itself. They showed like a clip of each of the stages. And at the time, I think that was filmed in 2013, I want to say. Um, and they went to like the, the hard dance stage or they had it showed an artist. And I feel like that was probably one of the first times I heard like the heavier music before. And I was like, Oh, like what the fuck is this? This is like wild. Um, and then since, you know, I think I'm curious to just see when it will take off even more in the U S. Cause I think like some of the events have the stages or they'll have like a takeover of hard dance, but it's not like full force three days of hard dance music, unless, um, I forget if it's, I think it's Bass con not Bass rush. Those are the two insomniac like bass brands. But, um, I'm just curious. Cause I know we're getting like more and more drum and bass right now. And a lot of artists are starting to dabble in that. It's like coming over from the UK scene, but I am curious, like when we're going to have more hard dance being explored in the U S I don't know if I I hope I hope that.
1: soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. have a lot of thoughts on. Uh yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so soon. I hope so soon. Um, Hard dance has always been around in the US, but it's always been kind of underground. So in mm-hmm. the 90s, there was uh hardcore in the US. I, I think you've heard me talk before on the podcast. Yep. My very dear friend Rob G, he talked about it. He's one of the pioneers in the American hardcore scene back in the 90s, back in New Jersey, in your home state. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so people like him and also Lenny D, they kind of paved the way for hardcore in the US. Um, but it it didn't necessarily blow up. Um, it did blow up here in the Netherlands, but yeah, in the U S it didn't necessarily blow up was mostly underground. And then you do have companies who organize hard dance events in the U S of course, insomniac, like you mentioned. And then I used to work for a company called East coast hard dance. And we did parties like in Philly and Baltimore and DC. Uh, Mm -hmm. so there's some, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not, you won't see, you know, it on the main stage, like of course, maybe Hardwell or Armin will end with, you know, like Armin might play it in the, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Armin might play the hardstyle version of blah blah blah, right, to close the set. But you're not gonna see a hardstyle DJ at prime time
0: just mm-hmm. just
1: yet um but it is great that it is growing i think it'll continue to grow i think it just depends on the market and it depends what people people want and i think yeah. also for a lot of the bigger companies it depends what brings in money as well as is, is hard dance sure. bringing in money uh there are a lot of amazing american hard dance artists like i said but you know most of them are from here most of them are mm-hmm. from the netherlands
0: Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's on such a big, um, house kick right now. So I think we'll probably keep seeing more of that and even like more techno, but, um, no, it's exciting. And and I mean, I want to chat a little bit about festivals too, but you're also the editor of Hardstyle mag too, right? How did you get involved with that? And what's your role like there?
1: Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, I used to do a blog on my own, which was really cringe, like cringy in (laughs) 2017 or something like that. I was like, some kind of adventures with MC Unicorn. And it was like about my festival stories, but like half of my, fe- you know, the PG yeah. version of my festival stories. Sure. Um, and they weren't, no one was paying me. Like I was literally, I would buy a ticket to go to the event, take pictures with my iPhone four or whatever like crappy mm-hmm. phone I had, and write something and add my pictures, and that was it. And yeah. After a while, like people started to like it and it got picked up. One of my articles about how to survive and thrive at DEF CON got picked up by this American publication called The Hard Data. They were interested in me. I wrote for them for a little while and then they they stopped doing it. And I just kept writing and I just kept writing for different companies. And uh, in March of this year, Hardstyle Mag reached out to me and uh, yeah. They asked me to to work with them. I had reached That's out awesome. to them previously because I was doing um, a project um, with Alana actually called Women in Hard Dance. And we had reached out to like different publications, like we reached out to DJ Mag, reached out to Vice, reached out to Heartstyle Mag. And mm-hmm. Some of those people never got back to us, but, you know, shoot um, your whatever. shot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um you know when you do a big project you reach out to all the organizations right and all the mm-hmm. publications. So Heart's Mag was one of the ones that got back to us and we published the article there. And uh that happened a few times where like I reached out to them for articles and then they asked me if I wanted to write for them. So I became That's a awesome. chief editor there and now what I do is I go to events and I write about it. So I was at Drop Zone, I'm going to be at Mystery land and I write full reviews and now I get real photos instead of my cell phone, my yeah. iPhone photos. I get <laughs> I can press photos now. I can uh, hell real yeah. Photos, yeah. and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely way more professional now. I w- I don't For even sure. want to read my old things before <laughs> you. I mean, but you. <gasps> Everything will lead you
0: somewhere, right? Like you got to start with those to even be able to get to the next, to the next level. Like I can't even go watch my old YouTube videos. It's so fucking cringe. So <laughs> yeah, you got to start somewhere, but that's so cool just to see like your evolution and involvement on that side. And I want to chat about your baby too. drop bass, not bombs. Can you like yes, you can talk a little bit about, yeah, she's rocking the merch. Like where did this idea come from? What made you want to start it? Um, and kind of like, what was that first year? Like when you first began?
1: Yeah. So I came up with the idea for Drop Base, Not Bombs in like 2012 or 2013. It was a really long time oh, ago. Wow. I was in college at American University. And at this point, the trajectory that I was on, I thought that I was going to you know, be a famous rich lawyer and then Mm -hmm. start drop base, not bombs. When I was in my sixties or seventies as a way to give back to the community, that was kind of my plan, right? To go to law school, be a lawyer, make a bunch of money, have the 2.5 kids with the picket fence, live in (laughs) old town, Alexandria, drive a BMW Z4, still go to raves. And then, uh, yeah, none of that happened. Like literally (laughs) nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't, I didn't continue with law. I have a bike. I don't, be <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah. So basically I had this idea in my head for a long time, which is what I'm trying to say. And when I was here in the Netherlands, my fellowship ended, um, at the international court that I was working at. And I tried really hard to find a job here in law. I applied at all these places and yeah, just, it, it didn't, there were no openings. Like mm-hmm. there was literally no openings. It's extremely competitive. It's also hard as an American to find a job at the international courts here. Cause the U S doesn't sign on to a lot of the courts. And so I decided uh, to start my own company here because one of the ways you can get a visa here is by starting your own company. If you're an American, there's a treaty between, okay. so that's actually, that's a good tip for people if they want to move here uh, yeah. from the U S It's called the Dutch American Friendship Treaty. And basically it makes it pretty easy for Americans to come and start a company here. So I was thinking like, well, what kind of company could I start? What are are my skills? Well, I'm an excellent babysitter. Like I'm a good Mm -hmm. writer. And I said, no, you know what? I'm going to start Drop Base, Not Bombs. Like why wait until I'm 60 years old? Like I'm in the country to do it now. Like, yeah, okay. I don't have the money for the time or the resources, but I'm here now. So why don't I just try and see what happens? So (laughs) in 2017, I went down to the chamber of commerce, signed those papers and drop Base not bombs was born. And yeah, it was, it's been a lot. Um, it's a lot of work, obviously starting your own company, Mm -hmm. uh, especially one that's for charity because yeah, obviously you don't, you don't make much money from it. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's how it got started.
0: Well, so when you first, like, what was, what did you want to start with? Like you, you created this company and then was it immediately like, I want to do events or like, what was the idea behind it in the beginning?
1: In the beginning, I was really anxious about throwing my own parties here because I didn't want to come in as the American, I guess Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a little bit of guilt, like the American, like I'm here now, bitches, like I'm going to organize (laughs) an event. Like this is my place now. You know, I, I didn't speak, I didn't speak any Dutch when I moved there. I had only been there for a little while. You know, I, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. And I did start to make friends here with different organizations. And you know, I jumped right in. I met a lot of people. I already knew a lot of people before I moved here as well. And I was just really anxious about it. So I thought what I was going to do was start Drop Base, Not Bombs as a management consultancy firm. <laughs> this makes okay. No sense. Yeah. And con- <laughs> <laughs> it's like ridiculous now and connect Uh, organizations with charity. So let's say for example, um, Q dance wanted to do an event for the rainforest. I would be the liaison Mm -hmm. or intermediary between the two companies and like help them to organize an event. So I ended up telling um, some of my friends here and they're like, that's stupid. They're like, that's why would you do that? (laughs) They're like, don't
0: do that. You, like, your what? head was in the right place, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Like the execution, maybe not there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's just like that. Made, they're like, that makes no sense. They're like, why don't you just do your own events? They're like, you've, you have experience. I never organized my own event before, but I had experience working at a lot of events in the U S so okay. they were like, you have experience working in events. Why don't you just throw your own events? I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And they're like, well, just don't sure. throw a party the same day as ours at the same time. or just like, Right. 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 Work with other people. So, yeah, at the beginning, I was really hesitant. And then once I had a bunch of people who are very established here in the scene, tell me that my idea was not good and that I should just organize my own events. And when I kind of had that affirmation, that confirmation that it's okay, you're accepted into this scene. We want you to throw your events. We want to come to your events. We want to support you. And we Mm -hmm. because I've been supporting all these people at their events, you know, and that's and that's what the scene is all about as well. It's about supporting each other.
0: Right. But that's a good point too. Cause I mean, I can't even imagine the challenge in itself of like moving someplace new where it's like heavily embedded in the culture. Like you're right. You are coming in as an American. They've already got their organizations. I'm sure like their venues, like people know where to go. So it's like a challenge in itself, just networking and making friends. So how much time, so you started that in 2017. So how much time did you have to like form those connections before you even started the brand?
1: Yeah, it was a really slow start. So um, we organized our first event in 2019. So it took about two years to really get things off the ground. But Mm -hmm. also during that time, I was working a lot and working some difficult, like, I'm not going to throw them under the bus on the podcast, but working some difficult (laughs) jobs to to pay the bills. And Yeah. yeah, it just was not you know, just working like crazy, not necessarily in the right headspace. So it did take a lot of time. But also during that time, I was building those connections. I came up with the logo, um, you know, merchandise, started Instagram, Facebook, Um Yeah, just kind of those kind of things. Also, Mm -hmm. the legal stuff, you know, setting up the company, working with an accountant, figuring that thing, those kind of things out. And then also deciding, like, what kind of events are we going to do? And then Mm -hmm. in 2019, we organized our first event in Amsterdam. That was in June. And it was the night before DEF CON, actually. And the reason why I did that was because I'm involved in this Facebook group called QSA. And it's, I think Mm -hmm. so. I know some of your listeners are in the group as well. So, hey. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a group for American hard dance ravers and every Defcon, they meet in Amsterdam at a bar and they do a meetup. So I was thinking, why don't I take those people and bring them to my party? Very smart. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I organized an event. And what I also did was I included a lot of Americans who were coming to DJ. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of people who were coming to the meetup. The lineup was like ridiculous. It was like everyone had, I think 30 minute time slots. There was like so many people.
0: That's fucking and, awesome, uh, though.
1: Yeah. So it's all local people, uh, really big mix of genres, mostly Americans, but also people from other countries played as well. And it was the night before DEFCON. And, you know, that that Thursday now DEFCON starts on a Thursday. But at the time, mm-hmm. it used to start on a Friday and like it didn't start late on Friday. So people would fly into Amsterdam and looking for something to do, looking for mm-hmm. a party to go to looking to meet up with their friends. And what I really wanted to do was, the cool thing about QSA is you could be talking to someone online for two, three years. Mm -hmm. Finally, it happened to me. And then finally you get to meet them at DEF CON, at the pre-party, after you've been talking every day for years. And so what I wanted to do was have that happen at my my event and to raise some money for charity. So the charity that we worked with is called Musicians Without Borders. So it's like Doctors Without Borders, but it's Mm -hmm. focused on music and promoting music all over the world through peace. And yeah, so that also took time to to decide what charity we're going to work with, how we're going to raise the money, um, you know, of course, meeting with them, seeing what they wanted from us. Uh, mm-hmm. Like all all that is is a lot of work as well. That's
0: amazing. Have you connected? Because uh, last week's episode was with me on OWL. And they do like all their events connected to charity. I don't know if you've connected with Elaine, the founder of Neon and but I have to introduce no. you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely do it. I have your, I have you that episode saved. I haven't listened to it yet, but yeah, definitely. Connect Very me. similar. She, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I love different. To her.
0: They're more, um, not that like genres matter. Like I think they do everything, but they have a lot more like trance artists too, but, um, similar thing like all their events and things like that raise money for different causes and charities so like you guys you two together would be a powerful force for sure um that's but that's so, that was very smart of how you like how you set all of that up and were able to just like get shit done and and make it happen for yourself um yeah it's fucking cool so after that first event what then happens from there like how did it go did you want to go like full force into doing more events and then you know obviously Timing wise, we went into a pandemic shortly after and you had to move to live streams. But what happened within that time span?
1: Yeah, well, the momentum was crazy after that. I, I remember like I was actually going to Colombia right after That's That's where my family's from originally. And um, I was like on the plane, like writing notes about the next event and all this stuff. And yeah, the momentum was amazing. And we actually threw another event in November of 2019. So right before Corona, November, 2019. And it was the night um, before Climax. Climax is another big event um, here in the Netherlands. It's Mm -hmm. in November. Uh, It's an indoor event. It's hard style. And so we did same concept of like hoping that, you know, people from QSA or people from around the world, there's less people, but there was, there was still a decent amount of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we booked some bigger names in hard dance that that party. And for that event, it was um, for the Amazon rainforest. It was for the Amazon conservation team. So I think you remember at that time, uh, the fires were really bad over there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we raised some money for them. And the momentum after that was strong, too. But then Corona happened. So actually, you know, like the momentum was so strong that I started planning an event we had everything ready for May, 2020. It was supposed to be with mm. Rob G. It was supposed to be at the nightclub that I work at here part-time called Pip. And, um, it was supposed to be for an animal shelter. Like everything was pretty much planned. Um, yeah. what we were going to do. And then yeah, it got canceled. The world shut down, corona. Yeah. Everything closed. So. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm like, eventually it's just built into the store. You know what I mean? Like, I hate bringing it up. Cause we're all like, let's just forget about that time period of our lives. But at the same time, like so many important things happened that like frame people's stories or like shifted their, what's the best word, shifted their reality. And like, it was pivotal for people. That was the word I was looking for. So like, it's still important to talk about it. Cause you planning like live events to then switch to live streams. Like how did you guys start to set that up? Um, and what was your approach once things went into lockdown?
1: So for the May 2020 event, we already had like the Facebook event created and we already had a lot of people interested. We weren't selling tickets yet, but we already had the hype for the event. So we were thinking like instead of postponing the party and just changing the date like on Mm -hmm. the event, like a lot of people were keep everybody on the Facebook page and just make it a live stream. Yeah. So the party was called double trouble. And the reason why I was called that was because I was working with another organization here in the Hague. That's where I live, the Hague um, okay. called MHJH events. And so we called it double trouble because MHJH nice. events and drop based on bombs, a you know, logo, all this stuff. So we said, let's just do a double <laughs> trouble live stream. So we did it from a friend's house. It was Pretty bare bones, pretty simple. Um, nothing crazy. And from there, it just like really blew up. Um, one of our friends has a pretty decent sized house, and we built a studio there. And we started wow. doing. And you can see some of the live streams online, or maybe people have seen on Instagram. But yeah, we started doing like full on live streams with vocals and. Or my awesome. vocals come the MC me, <laughs> and uh, late. <laughs> I meant to say visuals, and I said vocals. Good, um, good. <laughs> so we had visuals and uh yeah it was it was really cool so they just got more professional over time and then we just kept doing them and doing them <laughs> like yeah just yeah never stopping them because it was like there was no, literally nothing else to do here yeah and um actually the first live stream that I am seed was a house music live stream and it was in Amsterdam. And I just remember like in between the sets, we had to like wipe down, well, we, me had to like wipe mm-hmm. down the equipment and everybody, right. had to stay, you know, one and a half meters apart. And right, right. Yeah, it was, it was really, <laughs> really difficult times, but um, yeah, we, we made it through. And then now, you know, hopefully we can organize events again very soon.
0: Yay. Okay, cool. Yeah. No. So what is your approach now? And like are you doing this full time? Like you said, you work at a nightclub. So, like, what are you doing with your time? You're hosting a podcast. Like, you got a lot of things going on. So, what's like, what's next?
1: Yeah. I, I have a full time job. I have also like a full time job as I am a quality management consultant and I do a lot of sales and, uh, yeah, consulting, things like that. And then on the side, I do drop based not bombs. So, drop based not bombs, not my full time job. I have a normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> a normal, uh, day job. Um, but it does require me to travel a lot. A lot of the audits and things I do with, are in person. Um, a lot of it is remote, though. Um, yeah. So for drop base, not bumps, I do that, and also hard style mag, like you said. And then mm-hmm. I work part time here um, at Pip Nightclub. I've been here since 2017, and it's just I'm just still I'm still there. I can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's
0: all. You're wearing so many hats, so it's like it's amazing because you're you're growing all these things and it's something that's very needed and it's been really cool to just like see everything you've been able to do and your podcast you just hit your year anniversary right your first year. Yes.
1: Yes. So that's, that's so one exciting. thing that Congrats. came during the pandemic. Thank you so much. So speaking of, you know, some good things, like it was, obviously it was very unfortunate that we couldn't do events um, and that mm-hmm. our event got canceled. We also had two other live streams get canceled just because we wanted to do them at venues and the venue, you know, canceled them. They said it was mm-hmm. the rules here kept changing. So it was like, one week you were allowed to have like 700 people. And then the next week it was like, no, everything's closed. And then the next week it was like, (laughs) oh, you can stay open till like six and then uh, PM. You know, it just, everything Mm -hmm. kept changing. So we would go to book something and like, oh, now we can do it at a venue with like a small amount of people. Oh no, you can't. So after all that, you know, it was very frustrating. And I was just thinking, well, what else can I, what else can I do? And Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to start a podcast. I can't tell you the exact like day that I thought about it, but I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. And uh, yeah, it was uh, like around May, 2021. I started like the podcast. Actually, you helped me a lot. So thank you for First that. Said, yeah,
0: we did our call. So it's so cool to see you hit a year. I'm like, holy shit, that went fast. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah. And like, thank you so much. Like, I do owe a lot of it to you. Like, you helped me really okay. get off the ground. And so people who are listening definitely ask Emma for help. Sign up yeah. for her, <laughs> her, her webinars and her coaching and things like that. Um, yeah, you really helped me. Uh, I remember talking to you in April, like April 2021 when I was in New Hampshire mm-hmm. for work. And then yeah, you told me to do a teaser. So I did a teaser like just to start the podcast. Yeah, that was in May. And then the first episode was around June. Yeah, so like summer of last year. So yeah, we just hit one year and it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. We do episodes twice a month and I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and partying Mm -hmm. for a purpose in their life. And I've had you on the podcast, which is really cool. I've had amazing content creators, business owners, DJs, artists, MCs. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had someone from Bye Bye Plastic like you as well. I saw that. Um, yep. They're all I had so cummy. Though. Yeah, they're great. They're all great. Uh so yeah, cool. just really cool, interesting people. And everybody's, yeah, like everyone's been great.
0: <laughs> so what have you like learned throughout doing the podcast? Um anything like just within the last year of producing it and doing interviews? Like, has it helped at all with certain things? Like, have you learned anything? How's it been going?
1: I've learned so much from everybody's stories. And I think the one major takeaway and the one thing we talk a lot about on the podcast is mental health. And I think that it's just more, it's more clear to me now that like that needs to be talked about more and just an overtime to what we see in the news. Like recently the hard dance scene lost a legend. His name was Delete and he Mm -hmm. was a DJ from Australia and yeah, he, he tragically passed away and obviously Avicii as well. Mm-hmm. And it just mental health needs to be talked about more. Um, it's just so swept under the rug. And I think that's what I learned from the podcast. is like, I'm not alone in my mental health struggles. And I'm also not alone in wanting to talk about it. A lot mm-hmm. of people want to talk about it. And a lot of people want to talk about issues. Obviously, we all love to party. We all have to have fun. We want to talk about festivals. But I've found that a lot of people have causes and things that they believe in, whether it's sustainability, mental health, addiction, or you know, preventing mm-hmm. addiction, animals, like all, everyone has something that they stand for. You just need to ask them about it.
0: (laughs) Beautifully put. I love that. No, it's so, it's so true. I think like even little things I was actually reading, um, I think it was bro safari posted something yesterday and it was like a long letter just talking about like where he's been with his project and just kind of like opening up and being vulnerable. And like, I don't follow him very closely, but I know of him, I know his music and I just like read the whole thing through. And I think, yeah, it's again, just a reminder of like, you don't know what everybody's going through every single day. And there's a tremendous amount of pressure right now to just on social media, especially like for artists to like, feel like they have to be successful. Like I've seen a lot of them vocalizing, like being stressed about also having to be a content creator now. So that's a great point about talking about it more. It's a reminder for all of us, but, um, I know, I don't know if, how you feel about your own personal socials as well. but I know like I try to either like share a tweet or just post the stories on the days that I'm not feeling good too because I'm like it's nice to be positive and portray that all the time. But I think it's also like really important to talk about the moments where you're not. And I think recently I posted something like it's fucking wild to me how one week you can be like super confident, having the best week of your life, like feel like you're crushing it and then like two days later, the like self-doubt imposter syndrome you feel like a piece of shit comes in and I'm like how is it so like this right now where it's like high highs and low lows it doesn't make sense so anyway that's a rant but how do you feel about you know on doing everything you're doing being a businesswoman and then also having like your personal socials and like just talking about your own mental health too
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm still not super open about stuff on my Instagram. Although I don't post that much. I don't post that much on Instagram to begin with, but Mm -hmm. I have been really open on my podcast recently. I recently spoke on my podcast about how I get night terrors and I've gotten night terrors for a really long time. And it's something that I think people deal with, but they don't talk about because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's scary for the person who experiences them. And then it's also scary for you know your roommate or your partner or whoever is sleeping mm-hmm. in proximity with you. Um, I've talked a lot about anxiety as well, and I'm, I'm trying to be more open. I've actually never been like super open about these kind of things because in the past I always wanted to portray that my life was perfect. And even before mm-hmm. social media, like I'm talking yeah. about like 2007, like right, right, <laughs> before, <right. laughs> before social media, like that I had it all together. You know, like I did gymnastics, I got good grades. You know, I like went showed up on mm-hmm. time, was like a good kid, good student, all that kind of stuff. And then in college too, I was like the president of every club. I was in like the honors co-ed fraternity. Mm-hmm. I was like, I did nine internships. I did all this stuff. And like, but meanwhile, it's not like every day is per- all because I'm smiling and like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. And it's like, wow, you're so happy all the time. And I'm like, I'm not happy all the time. Like yeah. that's it's unrealistic. Hard. Like I have struggles too. I have bad days as well. And like you said too, like some days are really great and other days are not so good. And and that's a part of life. And I also go through stuff. I've also experienced, you know, upsetting times, grief, Mm -hmm. things like that. But it's just, I used to be really quiet about it. And I used to just project that everything was perfect all the time, and and now I'm really trying to not do that. And it's hard when you're you've been like that your whole life, and to to always be positive and fun and like right. And that is part of my brand as well. You know, I am MC Unicorn. I am glitter bubble mm-hmm. glitter bubbles and bad decisions, and yeah. I am very positive. <laughs> but I'm also trying to portray that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. people are not alone. You're not alone. Whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone.
0: Yeah. No. Thank you for saying that. There's something I've said this before too about a podcast, like feeling very intimate, like, and it's, it feels different than just like social media platforms because you do have like this microphone. And I don't know, I think people can relate to you so much more when you like choose to open up, like, it, like you said, like it makes people, people feel okay to talk about it too, in their own lives. So that's awesome that you've been, been sharing that. Yeah. It's, I just think like over communicate, I don't know like who needs to hear that, but even in your personal life, I've been finding that as I've gotten like older, that even just like communicating how you're feeling more often rather than like holding it in. So like I do that with my partner, I'll like express to him, like, I'm feeling very anxious today because he's like so chill and like not emotional. I'm on the other fucking, yeah, I'm like on the off the rails over (laughs) here and I have to like overly explain to him like I know you may not feel this way sometimes, but like, I'm feeling very anxious today. Like my emotions are out of control. I'll be fine tomorrow. But today, like I'm in this funk and I found that even like over communicating how I'm feeling has like helped even just in like personal relationships too. So not just like online, but, um, but yeah, people be, be open. It's okay to express yourselves. I I like seeing that more, even just like seeing these artists and, and public figures, like open up about it more too. I just think it's like really important to see people sharing like how they're actually feeling.
1: Yeah. And it's okay. If someone asks, how are you not say, I'm great? Like mm-hmm. that's, I, every, every time we were just programmed to say like, Oh, I'm good. How are you? But like, maybe you're not good. And yeah, okay. Maybe you're not going to tell yep. your life story to the grocery checkout person, but you could just say you're okay. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you prefer not to answer. Like, you don't need to say you're great. You don't need to lie. And especially if yeah. it's your friends, tell your friend or your partner or your parents, whatever, tell them how you're feeling. Like, don't just automatically go say that you're great mm-hmm. when you're not when everything's falling apart around you.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think like too like feeling comfortable reaching out to people like even in the last few weeks, like I've spoken to people whether it's like stress from work or something like that where we've just had like very open conversations and I'm just like, listen. I'm here anytime you need to vent and dump and like vice versa. So it's good to like just have those relationships with people too. But thank you for going deep with me. I feel like somebody needed to hear that somewhere. <laughs> so I yeah, appreciate I'm always you. going
1: deep. So it's it's not, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing I love about the podcast too is it allows for me to go deep. You know my my mm-hmm. episodes are very long. You all you also said that like some of them are Same. very very long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of them are multiple parts, very long. And the thing is, it does allow you to go deep because you have the time and the space to do that. Mm-hmm
0: hundred percent. Well, moving forward, you've done a lot of things so far, but like, what is your big dream and vision? Like, what is the next thing for drop base, not bombs? And for you personally?
1: Yeah. So it's been hard with the last two years with Corona and all the uncertainty. So it's hard for me to say what will happen this year or next year, because we still don't know over here in Europe. It's like, you never know what's Mm going to happen. Uh, I would love to organize a festival for Drop Base, Not Bombs, like a total charity festival with multiple stages. And I would like Drop Drop Base, Not Bombs to expand Beyond just hard dance. So we've had two hard dance events and almost all the live streams have been hard dance, but I would like to expand into drum and bass and side trance and other genres because I love those genres too. Um, And I like, I like dubstep. I like house. I, I like a bit of everything and I've dabbled in every genre. So I would like to have a big festival with all different stages and it be all for charity and every year for it to be a different charity. And therefore also to be like information on how people can get involved. So they know where their money is going and they can learn more about the charity
0: hmm That's amazing. I love that. Hopefully maybe even like dipping your, your toes in. Cause I know, um, it just depends on like the space and the venues you're able to book, but like, it's cool to see, um, at the Brooklyn Mirage or like avant Gardener, they have like multiple venues in one area. So like they have the King's hall space. So sometimes they'll have like the show at the Mirage and then King's hall will be open. So they have two different like stages at the same time. It'd be cool to see you do like a hard dance stage and then like a side trance stage in the same show.
1: I, I would love that. That would be amazing. That, that is probably what I would do or one one stage hard dance and one stage techno. Um, I think those genres go nice. really well together. Drum and bass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think that would be really awesome. And you just bring more people that way, you know? You, that's mm-hmm. what it's about, bringing people together. So the more yeah. groups and comi- communities you can include, the better.
0: Love it. Yay, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see everything you do. And uh, where can people connect with you? Where can they find the podcast? Plug all the things.
1: Sure. So you can connect with me on my personal Instagram at at MC Unicorn official. It's all one word, no spaces or underscores, anything like that for drop Bass, not bombs. It's drop base, not bombs, NL all one word, no spaces, nothing crazy. That's on Facebook and Instagram. We're not yet on TikTok or YouTube, but YouTube is coming and uh, I can let you know when, when that happens. Yay. And if you want to check out our merchandise, it's available at the Dutch rave store and that's it.
0: Awesome. Beautiful. Okay. I will link everything down below. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm glad we could finally do this. It was awesome having you on.
1: Thank you so much. Emma. That went by so fast. It was so much fun. <laughs> I know. I know
0: it, it flew, but this was good. We got, we got into some awesome topics. I know the hard dance community will be happy. You guys, I promise I was coming for you soon. So, um, Amy hang tight, everybody else. I'll be back in a few minutes. Alrighty, fam, welcome back. Let's wrap things up with our Rave Culture Cast recap here. And again, like round of applause for Amy for coming on uh super excited about this episode and that we finally got to collab this was a long time coming like I said so um please go show her some love and support tell her rave culture cast sent to you um get involved with drop bass not bombs you guys it's really cool what they're doing so I'm pumped to see what the future holds for her um in that organization but let's dive into the news I was going through this just now and like I feel like a lot of this is like scary and not positive news which I don't like to do but also like it's relevant and these are things going on so I'm sorry I don't want, we'll end on a high note but a lot of this is like low vibes right now so I apologize for that but um I've talked about Ever After Music Festival here in the podcast we got we know that was canceled very last minute but just a heads up if you did have tickets they did post a couple days ago um that refunds have started to be sent and some can take 10 to 15 days to process so just be on the lookout for that and get in touch with them you guys um, but you will be getting refunds for that festival. Um, Elements Festival happen, happened this past weekend. I, it's still going on at the time I'm recording this, so I will let you guys know how everything goes hoping for the best Um, but there were two artists who did end up dropping out from the festival so Fisher I believe like missed a flight or something along those lines Um, I think there was flight cancellation so he was unable to perform at the festival and then STS9 um, I believe got a member of the team got COVID so they were also not able to play the festival so that was a little bit of a damper on the lineup. Um, we got a Halloween festival announcement, which I feel like that just opened the floodgates, so we're probably going to get a lot more announcements, which I'm pumped for. Um, so I don't know if this is completely new. I think it is, but this is called Necropolis, and this is in Northerly Island, Chicago, October 29th and 30th. Sounds fucking dope. Um, you've got Alice in Wonderland, Adventure Club, Arm and Hammer, Blank, Dimension, oh, 1991, Back to Back Culture Shock, Shaq, aka DJ Diesel, Excision, Getter, Grammatic, Fairlane, Joyride, Keizo, Lays, Lucy, Reaper, A Name Blurred Out, and Reckno. So that's awesome. That's a lot of bass music for you guys. So that's going to be a big one. Um, and then the two things, I w- actually I have one more lineup announcement. We have Made in America um, announced their lineup. This takes place in Philly on Labor Day weekend. Um, you've got a lot of like, obviously this is a lot of hip hop and rap. Um, bad bunny is a headliner tyler the creator is a headliner so that's going on you guys Um, and then lastly the two things i wanted to mention which were definitely way more intense news wise but i just wanted to talk about them here so festive owl posted this the other day it was when i was on vacation but there was a music festival in spain oh gosh i think it was called medusa festival in valencia spain um where one person was killed and forty people were injured from a piece of the stage collapsing and falling off during a like severe storm. It looked like very, very high winds. There's a video up on Festival. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because when you look at the video and you see how high the winds are, like it's terrifying. You literally see like chunks of the stage like falling off and just blowing into the crowd. This is why I'm going to sound like your mom right now, but this is why when things like this happen at EDC Vegas and they close an entire stage down, it's for your safety because if these pieces of the stage fall into the crowd and hit you, you can be killed. And it's not worth losing your life, a friend's life, a family member getting that phone call is traumatizing. And I could not even imagine that happening. But on the logistical sides the stages because they're built so high like they have a wind threshold so the teams are actively monitoring this as well as the weather. So if you ever see something like this like a stage cancellation or even an entire day getting canceled, they have an entire um weather team who is monitoring things like weeks before and they make those calls as early as they can. So if they clear a stage you guys and you are there get the fuck away from the stage like just Please be safe out there. I just had to say that because you see things like this, and it's like, I don't know the t- entire circumstances, but weather can change so quickly as well. And it could go from like a small wind gust to a really big one, and you just never know. And it's just not worth the risk. So I just had to say that because I saw that news and my stomach just fell for that the family involved in that. Um, that's never how we want a festival to end. So just know that. Don't get angry at a festival if they close a the stage down and you think they're killing your vibe and your fun. They're doing it for your safety. So that was one thing. And then another thing that happened yesterday that was really scary to think about, and I had friends, I have friends at Base Canyon right currently, right now, Um, but there was uh, an arrest that took place in the parking lot at Base Canyon. Um, This is Excisions Festival. It takes place at the Gorge in Washington. Um... It sounds like this was an averted mass shooting situation, which is terrifying to think about. Any place that you go where there are large crowds, whether it's a concert or a sporting event or a grocery store at this point, like literally anywhere, um, if you see something, say something is the point of this story because I gather there was a man who was in the parking lot at Base Canyon who uh, was later identified as a 30-year-old who I guess was seen inhaling an unknown substance from gas or gas from a balloon and then loading two nine millimeter pistols from the trunk of his car the man concealed one pistol in the rear of his waistband and another on the outside of his waistband holster and he was approaching concert goers asking them what time the concert ended and where people would be exiting the venue that just gave my body goosebumps i don't want to get emotional here i have friends at base canyon they were the first people i thought of when i saw festive owl post this it is horrifying to even think about but this is the world we live in right now i very much believe in guardian angels and whoever the people were that saw that and told somebody about it so that this could be stopped and people's lives were potentially saved Those were guardian angels looking over everyone, so thank you so much to the people who saw something suspicious and spoke up and said something, you guys. Don't wait on somebody else to say, this is another lesson, like don't wait on somebody else to say something, like you be the person to speak up if somebody makes you uncomfortable, if you see someone suspicious in the crowd. It can be as little as like seeing somebody stealing cell phones in a crowd to seeing something as scary as this, so I'm so happy everybody is okay, knock on wood, thank God. The security officer did what they were supposed to do, people reported it, um, so I'm glad everybody is safe and okay, but just be aware, you guys, Like at any festivals you have coming up, you just never know, so just please be safe out there, and if you see something, say something, um, like they said in the story, so... That is everything I have for you guys this week. I do want to end again on um a positive note. I'm so thankful for you guys here. We are growing every week as a community, which is so exciting to see. So thank you all for listening to these podcast episodes. I wouldn't keep doing this if we didn't have this relationship here. So um, if you want to join the fam, we have an amazing Facebook group. We have a Discord server, which I'm loving. Uh, being a part of Uh, so if you guys want to like have a say in future episode ideas I'm always looking for suggestions feedback come chat with us meet new friends Um, again hosting a meetup at ARC this week 5 p.m or next week sorry 5 p.m on Saturday so I hope to see you guys at ARC very excited for that weekend Um, and with all that being said you guys you know the things to do rate review subscribe uh, share this with a friend today and be safe out there. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you guys next Wednesday with a new episode. Bye, guys. Have a great week.